0: Super excited to be sat here today on the couch with the amazing Alicia Beachley. Alicia is the founder and CEO of leading independent brand activation and marketing agency April 5. And she's got a whole heap of awesome clients, um, including Microsoft, Rams Home Loans, Westpac, PayPal, Bayer and Coty. Um, She began her agency more than 20 years ago, um, or her agency career more than 20 years ago, and established the Integrated Promotional Marketing Division at one of Australia's largest PR agencies in 1998 before setting up her own agency in 2007. Alicia is classed as an industry expert. She's no stranger to multi-million dollar promotional campaigns, loyalty campaigns, Digital promotions and national retail and experiential events. She's a sought after industry commentator and contributor to trade and business media, and an engaging speaker and valued mentor. What's really impressive about Alicia is her commitment to give back to this industry that she loves after serving for more than a decade on the executive committee of the Australasian Promotional Marketing Association, which is the peak industry body for promotional marketing and brand brand activation agencies in Australia and New Zealand. But she also serves on several judging panels too for local and international awards, including uh, Can, um, how do I say that, Alicia? Popeye. Popeye, Can Popeye, uh, the Effies and the Globe Awards. So it's absolutely awesome to be sat here Uh, with the fabulousness that is Alicia. And I can't wait to get into this conversation and share some insights from this incredible woman about what drives her um, in her professional career and uh, what keeps her going. So welcome, Alicia. Wonderful to have you here. Thank you. Um, So tell me, what is it that actually drives you to do what you do? Where's this passion come from?
1: Um, I think because I love it. It just makes it so much easier for me to be able to get up in the morning and do what I do um, and I've always loved it and I think I, I think about doing different things but you know I love agencies I love marketing and I love dealing with clients and I actually quite like running agencies and and you know everything that comes with that so I think for me my drive is all around the fact that I love what I do and I think what inspires me to keep going is that that you know we're cr- creating some great work at the moment but but I just haven't finished so I've got a lot more to achieve and you know, I've got some pretty strict guidelines around what that is and what I want to achieve in a certain amount of time, and I'm really, um, I'm really striving for that at the moment.
0: I love that comment of I'm, I've just haven't finished. I yeah, just I haven't so finished. finished. It's a bit like how hungry are you? Someone, I sent a little message to someone this morning, and we were joking about 50th birthdays and how, with current technology, the likelihood is we may be still be alive into our hundreds and I was going awesome because I've got so much to do and I think it is that hunger that drives you isn't it do you sense that this there's just always something more to do
1: there's always something more to do and the more you know if we get an amazingly big campaign it just drives us to do it again and again and again and that mm-hmm. sense of satisfaction and it's not just for me it's the entire team and you know we have a little ritual in our office and we have a bell so that if something happens it's amazing we, we ring the bell and you know we've just recently run a, rung the bell three times in a, in a week and it's just incredible that that you know that inspires me that inspires my team and and we're just you know we're a really tight unit at the moment and
0: and through that it's just it's really enjoyable to go to work. So you worked for somebody else for a number of years before setting up your own agency what what triggered that?
1: I was with an agency for 10 years and I loved working with them but at the end of the the my time with them I was just completely exhausted I had two young children um and I just wasn't loving it and I think I'd lost my passion and I actually thought that I'd completely burnt out and I was I was just burnt out and I completely thought that um I need to do something different and I need to change what it was in the industry that I that it, you know whether it was client side whether it was something you know a completely different change so I left that agency and I left that agency actually with the blessing of the owner of that agency and after 10 years of being with them they actually closed my division down so my division was quite separate to the, the we were integrated agency so we were able to close my division down Um, And what I'm really proud of actually is the fact that to this day I still work with that agency and do a lot of their work. Um, But we closed my division down and with with her support and her backing, I actually went and looked for um, a full-time job and I was offered one. And it was probably the pinnacle job. It was the job that, that everyone dreams for in my industry in particular. It was a massive big agency and it was integrated and the money was outrageous. But when I sat there with the CEO and he was going through this process of this is, a, um, this is our trademark thought process and this is our trademark this and this is how we do this and this is how we do that. I just thought I can't be told how to do this anymore. I just want to go and do my own thing. So as I mentioned with Judy's Blessing, I um, left the agency set up on my own I had two very young children, so one was three and one was four and a half. One was about to start school. So I actually started working from nine till two, Monday to Thursday, these are my rules. Um, and we said to the clients that if you want to come with us, then you can come with us and if not, um, then we would find another agency for them. So it was actually at that stage Nokia came with me and they were very big at that point. Um, so that was sort of 10 years ago and I'd actually worked on Nokia for five years prior to that as well. So Nokia came with me and they've stayed with me for that whole 15 years until Nokia morphed into Microsoft and now I'm working on Microsoft. So, um, you know, the surprising thing to me was that people actually wanted to work with me and I didn't get that. I didn't get that sense. I just didn't have that confidence in myself. But
0: um, after a little while, clients came and then it sort of grew into the agency that it is today. So 10 years we're coming up to, is that right? 10 years, wow, there's not many businesses that can say that and that have grown over that 10 years. But I'm imagining it hasn't all been unicorns and rainbows and clinking of champagne glasses along the way. What are some of the the biggest challenges that that you've faced? Are you able to share a story of of some of those moments where you may have thrown in the towel, but you got through it?
1: And there was one really big moment, probably around about four years ago that that happened. And it was, for me, that do or die. And, and again, you know, we've been really busy, but the big problem that I had is that Nokia had grown for me um, exponentially, and I was working globally with Nokia. And, but Nokia was very quickly declining from market leader to market challenger to almost fading out of the marketplace. So we recognized that, we knew that that was coming. What was happening, we were probably getting around about 80% of our revenue um, from that one client and that one client basically represented around about um, 75 to 80% of our work. So we kind of went, okay, it's time to get new business. And, and, and it, was, it was kind of a scaling model for us as well. What we didn't realise, and, and I think which is one of the, the difficulties that we had, there was two things. One, that we didn't have a, a profile because we'd been a fantastic agency, but working predominantly with Nokia and a couple of other clients. Um, but also, two that new business was really difficult and, and it had changed. The landscape had changed significantly. It, again, it was very competitive. You used to be able to get new business in a couple of months, and it actually started to take us, you know, 12 to 18 months to sort of develop this new business that we were working on. And that caused a really critical cash flow issue for me. Um, I was lucky I had one of my staff members, and at that point I had five team members as well. I had one of my staff members who went on maternity leave, and that kind of, you know, relieved me from, from that salary. Um, And then it was someone challenged me saying, um, okay, well, you know, you've got nothing to lose. You don't owe any money. You don't have any debts. Why don't you just close the agency down to be really easy? And it's like I was really offended that they said that to me. And I thought, actually, I've got the fire to do something about this because it was going to take a whole lot of energy and a whole lot of, um, you know, focus for me to rebuild. So I had to show that grit and determination. And, And I kind of guess that it frames a lot of what we do now and we're trying to be very focused and we've kind of gone through another um, you know growth phase for us just recently as well but you know we are only as good as the work that we're doing so we've got to be really constantly on our game and being the great agency that we are because otherwise we don't get constant work so visibility is still an issue Um, but yeah I was really considering throwing it all in. It Mm. took a massive effort from not just myself, from the team as well, to rebuild it, regrow it. And, you know, now we have a rule that not one client represents any more than twenty-five percent of the agency's business. And, you know, the clients come and go and you know a lot of the work that we're doing does tend to um, you know, it is cyclical. So if we don't have that constant pipeline and if we don't have that constant um you know measuring of you know where the clients are, what they're billing, what that, you know what we're, we're projecting them to build any gaps so we're really across our numbers we're really across we're really focused around that so we're never in that same position again.
0: yeah what I'm hearing also in that is is just being vigilant and present and attentive to the business how um, there is a risk unconsciously that we can become um a little bit lazy or complacent in that the work's coming in and we're doing all right and it's growing through existing client bases but it's that thing of if you take your eye off the ball whether it be from your own positioning or getting in new clients and i think this can apply to to everyone in business um is that keeping keeping present keeping your eye on the ball and keep evolving would you would yeah. you agree
1: and look, Absolutely, and I think one of the big things that we had last year, you know, our last financial year was softer than it has been previously, and, you know, there was a couple of things that impacted on that, and and one was the decision to invest in another business, which, you know, just meant me as the the key, um, you know, rainmaker, I guess, in the agency, my focus wasn't on the business, so that that impacted, but we knew that. But what we didn't plan for is two of our major clients, one of them um, stopped, uh, they basically put all of their, their effort into digital and they stopped doing experiential, which was absolutely nothing to do with the work that we were doing, but their focus was just slightly different. They've come full circle and they've actually given us so much work in the last three months because they've realised that, that they've completely missed that sort of human connection part of their business and you can't smell a perfume online. So, you know, they needed to be able to, to showcase their products. And we had another client who had a massive challenge in the marketplace and then had to, to um, you know, withdraw handsets. So, Everything that we were doing for them had to stop suddenly. So, you yeah, know, these are half a million dollar clients we're talking about. So when that, when that sort of work happens and it happens to two of them, um, you've really got to make sure that you've got something in that pipeline constantly all the time. And mm. it can get super busy. And, you know, I'm going through a, a crazy patch at the moment. And But I've also got to make sure that, that regardless of what we're doing, that that pipeline is still being mm. In, mm. fulfilled somehow. filled mm. somehow.
0: What's... Um What's the best advice that someone once gave you um, that you actually listened to and what impact did it have either on you as a leader or you as a business owner or the business?
1: Um, Probably the best piece of advice that I've got is that I am, whilst I'm an expert and particularly an expert in what I do, I'm not an expert in everything. So there are people that I have surrounded myself, so I have an amazing financial controller who is the best in the business and does what she does. Um, you know, expertly for me. I have PR people, I have, um, you know, basically these trusted advisors that I've built. So even people that, you know, I'm a marketer, but I've got people who help me with my branding and my marketing, and basically I can't do it all. And I need experts in their fields And people who are professional that I can basically invest in as well. And it it is an investment. So, you know, it's not a can you be my friend and can you give me something free? This is actually a business and a a very commercial decision to invest in something that, um, you know, that I know that I haven't got the skill sets because that leaves me time to do what I do.
0: So it really is about who you know, right? <laughs> There's the subtle plug for the book. But it is, isn't it? <laughs> it I mean, is. you pretty much live and breathe some of those principles that I share in. it's who you know in terms of making sure you're surrounded by people that are going to stretch you further than you can go on your own, yep. people that will push you and pull you in the right direction and that, that also care about you. It's, you know, without them, I'm imagining it's it's quite a lonely journey being at the top of your game and the top of running a business, isn't it?
1: And it really is, and I think for us in particular too. You know, we're a specialised independent agency. I don't have a big network around me that a big networked agency around me to feed work to me. Um, so you know, that's one of the reasons why I get involved in my industry like I do, because I need to continually make sure that I'm on top of what's going on I know what the trends are coming up so you know you can become inc- incredibly siloed in your business and it's busy it's really busy and you know at the moment I've got 10 staff so you know I've got all of that to deal with and I've got the clients and got everything else that's going on so you can become so caught up in that but then it's really important to make sure that you have and you are c- continuing those connections because to me it delivers on a whole many different... You know, whether it's psychological or whether it's business support or something, you know, to do with, you know, just asking advice on a on HR issue. You've just got to have those people around you. Mm.
0: And you talked about, at the moment, that things are crazy, and you also mentioned in those early days that, um, that feeling of burnout. How do you make sure that you keep match fit? How do you ensure that you're operating um, the best that you can?
1: I... I still operate on my terms, so regard. It is really crazy at the moment, but I'm trying to be really focused about what I'm delivering, and there are things that I just can't get to, and that's okay. So they're they're the things that just have to wait. But there are things that I, you know, my non-negotiables as far as as um, some of the things that I believe in. So every single morning I have breakfast with my kids. I don't care. What's on during the day, unless it's something really critical that I've got to go to, but you know, that might happen four or five times a year. So we get up, we have breakfast, then my kids leave the house at eight o'clock in the morning, they go off to school, and I've got teenagers, and that to me is just a really important time that we just kind of spend together. Um, And then I get organised and I go to work. I don't start till 9 o'clock. I may have worked till midnight the night before, but I'm still not going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and work. So that's my non-negotiable in the morning. But I've also got things that I do during the day. So my family is is really super important to me and the whole agency is built around, you know, the importance of my family and being able to be there and be present for them. So if there are things that are impacting them and I need to do and, and see them, I certainly will. So, you know, I'll drop everything and get involved. Um, but, you know, I also need to make sure I'm looking after myself, so, you know, I do crazy things like, you know, a massage every month and, and just making sure that I am walking at night time or just giving myself some space and just turning the computer off. And I also have a rule on the weekends that one day is, is work free and pretty much electronic free as well, so I'll put my phone in the laundry and I probably don't look at it. And if someone needs me and it's super important, then they can call me. But, you know, nothing is ever that important that I have to do
0: it. Mm, mm. And you do, you diarise your monthly massages, don't you? So at
1: the beginning of the year, um, I get a, um, I've been going to the same place for about 15 years. I get a list of my monthly massages and they're all in my diary. And I'm really strict about that.
0: That's just fabulous. So, what are what are some of the choices um, that you've made over um, the course of the years that have made you who you are? Do you think?
1: Um, listening to my gut when it comes to staff, I'm really I'm pretty good at staff, and I've made some choices with some people that didn't sit comfortably. And I've compromised and that was actually a really big mistake because ultimately something happens and, and then it needs to be fixed. Um, one of the other things I think is just listening to my intuition and I've got a pretty strong intuition, especially when it comes to the business and I can make very sound decisions based around my intuition. It's when, I, when something doesn't sit comfortably, I need to deal with it. And if I don't, that's when I start to run into problems.
0: Mm. And you've had some pretty hairy moments, haven't you, over the last (laughs) few years that you've had to face. And we don't need to go into into detail on this podcast. But um, I remember some phone calls where you really had to dig deep from a courage and facing fear perspective. Can you maybe sort of share how you did that because people say face your fear be Mm -hmm. courageous and it's all well and good to read it but if you're living through it you know what what can you share with people that may be experiencing that right now
1: um, and funny you bring that up because it was 12 months ago that, that a particular incident happened. 12 months today, um, and I'll never forget the way that I feel about it. I'll never forget the way that it impacted on me, and I'll never forget the Sunday morning three days after this particular incident. It was just something that happened with the client that you know was reputation based, and where I sat there in my kitchen and I was inconsolable because not only could I not see how to fix it I couldn't fix it and that was part of my problem I fixed stuff I can always I can always make things go away um, this I couldn't fix and it was a, a massive problem and I didn't know how to deal with it and I all I knew is that I had to and I had amazing people around me there they're all basically saying it's all going to be fine it's going to be fine it's like and it wasn't and to me it wasn't and I didn't know how I was going to get out of it And then all I had to do, and looking back on it now, I just had to maintain my integrity and do what I felt was the right thing the whole way through it, which I did, and which, you know, made it a very, very bad situation into a not quite so bad situation. It was still very commercially challenging. However, um, I can hold my head up really high and say I did everything with the utmost of integrity, with honesty, and keeping the values that I hold really dear to me and and drawing on that, I think, really importantly. And, you know, I damaged, not us, but our client relationship was damaged, but but the friendship with the client has maintained because they could see past mm. what had happened. Um, and, and that was, it was impossible. And there were times that I had to pick up the phone to, you know, and I know I did it to you, that I just, and I didn't want someone to fix anything. I just sent someone on the other end of the phone to go, I'm, I just. I don't know what to do. Mm. I'm struggling. And and that's OK to feel that way. But the most important thing is that you need to reach out and then you need to be able to get... Either let those people in to help you or just go down and fix it. But sitting there, if I had have just stagnated in that problem, it would never have gone away.
0: So it's the whole thing about, about facing it and self-leadership. Yeah. I mean, I think what I from the outside looking in I saw Alicia really stepping into that that incredible place of CEO and leadership which is more than a qualification a title on a business card right
1: absolutely (laughs) and I've never been in that place before Mm. as well and it changed the way that I think it changed the way that I do business and and you know out of all of these challenging situations people say to you what is it that you've learned and what would you have done differently and what would i have done differently absolutely nothing because we didn't do anything wrong and 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 you know looking in our processes and everything else it was just someone who let us down but you know what have i learned there's been a bucket load of things that we've learned and i think being able to stand up in that situation knowing how to navigate it through knowing how to deal with lawyers and and you know stakeholders and 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 big commercial um, clients that that have got vested interests in different and just being able to navigate all of that Um, and then again you know drawing back to those trusted advisors I had to go to people because there's situations that I certainly couldn't handle so lawyers were involved and you know I needed to trust that they had my best interest at heart but I also had to trust that that you know commercially they were representing me the way that they were for the best outcome and I had to to you know be led by them through that situation and I was and I had amazing people around me to support Mm. me and the outcome was you know was Okay, for us, you know, we lost a client, but that's okay. I managed to to maintain my reputation. Um, But, you know, I think I learned so much Mm. and it's changed the way that I manage my team, changed the way I manage my agency and certainly changed the way that I deal with suppliers and clients.
0: So how has it changed? Are you able to share with us just maybe a couple of examples of how it's changed the way you manage your team or your business as a result of that?
1: Um, I guess... Uh, not that I've always been nice I, I am still nice and I, I I will always be nice but I think that um, you know you end up with a certain sense of at the end of the day the buck stops with you mm. absolutely buck stops with you so if you don't have the right people around you you don't have the right processes around you you don't have um, systems that can and fail safes that will stop that then you know, you're gonna open yourself up for it all over again. So we changed a number of those sorts of very simple systems and processes and and just making sure that I'm across everything all the time. And if I'm not, I've got other people that are across those things all the time. And it's made me look more thoroughly at certain things that I took for granted. And, you know, we're pretty process-driven agency, but at the end of the day, there are things that we had to change and a certain level of complacency. And yeah, that'll be fine, it's all good that's changed. And I've had to become, no, this is how we do it, this is how we do it, this is how we do it, which is different for me. Um, And it's sort of catapulted me into a different leadership style, into a different business sense, um, which is only, you know, it's only beneficial for me and the agency. And it's not changed the integrity of the person that I am. It's just changed my leadership style to be more dominant, potentially, and also to be more focused on things that and, and across everything. Mm.
0: So over the years, you've worked with numerous brands, uh, numerous personalities, numerous people, numerous people running businesses, media, etc. Um, what's some of the, the biggest mistakes that you see people making? When you're looking at and you go, oh, there we go again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Doing the same thing when it's wrong. <laughs> um, um, mistakes. Look... You know, I think if it didn't work the first time, then do it again. Uh, don't, 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 sorry. Don't do, do, it, do it again. Do it again. Yeah, why not? <laughs> like, call agents agency to fix I think people take too long to take things to market. I think people I um, just, uh, there is this sense of people just waiting around for things. And I think you've just got to continually be dynamic and i know in our agency that we've got to keep challenging ourselves on some of the things that we're doing and the things that we're thinking and that we're producing and we need to take risks and the risks are actually okay and as long as they're calculated and as long as you're you're protecting the things that are important and you're you're taking risks based on your values and and you know, having a really clear set of values and what they are and being able to work towards those and making decisions based around those values is actually really important. And I think, you know, people, if they don't have clear vision and they don't have values and they don't have, um, you know, they don't have a a clear direction, then they're just going to get lost. Mm -hmm. And unless they start to find, either find it for themselves, um, they're just going to start to stagnate. And I, I see that over and over again. And I see people who, and, you know, and something that we discussed that I did not last week, you know, perfect intent. Everyone's got perfect intent, and I think it's a beautiful way to describe it. But, you know, you've got to have perfect intent and then perfect action that sits behind it. And you've really got to be able to motivate yourselves, your teams. Um, and at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. So mm-hmm. if you're not doing it and you're not leading by example, and you're just going to end up going around in circles again. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that perfect intent is is critical, but without action, it just becomes a dream, right? So it's that whole thing of actually getting on and doing something. Now, you're pretty connected in your industry, and I know you value your network, um, which is obviously something really close to my heart. But from your perspective, I'm interested in, in how... What is the right way to network? What have you seen, or what's your expectation of um, how to network effectively what works and when does it not work <laughs>
1: um what works and look, what works for me is um and I got there are a lot of competitors that are friends in my industry and I think I've always treated my competitors as healthy competition and there's enough business for everybody so I've always been very open about um you know sharing and sharing work sharing leads sharing um IP um, I think, for me, one of the biggest things that I find works is that I will always give out, I always help someone without an expectation of being helped back. And that comes back to me in ways that I, years down the track, that I don't ever, um, don't ever expect it would. And I've got some incredible relationships that I have developed over the years with people. and. For me, networking is, is building those relationships but being true to those relationships and being, not taking those relationships for granted. And if someone needs you, then you help them mm. or you offer your services and you actually follow up and you do it. And, you know, for me, networking is critical in my industry. And, again, I need all the people that I've got um, and that I'm connected to for various different reasons. Um, you know, it's really, it's really valuable. And it's funny, one of the... the, the Clients, one of my biggest clients that I've got have recently come to us and said, "We're hiring you because of your network and your connections." And um, you know, I was able to in, in a pitch, we were able to to provide we can provide these people, and then we have these networks and these connections. But it's actually just being nice to people Mm. and being who you are and not pretending to be something and walking into a room and not pretending to be something that you're not um, and then walking out the next minute. And, you know, there are times where I walk into some of those events and think, oh, God, I can't stand this. Um, But I put on a smile and I'm really nice. And if someone needs
0: me for something, then I do it because it just comes back to you. Mm. Mm. And it's that whole thing that I'm hearing you say of the willingness to help, the willingness to exchange value. And and not be one of those individuals that's protecting yourself all the time, which which we can almost see through, can't you? When people just aren't giving stuff up, but they're taking, they're taking all the time. So. the bit of advice. So you've been in business for a long time, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've heard lots of wonderful words of wisdom, like face your fear, yeah. uh, no feed, all feedback is great feedback. I'm always interested in what's what's the one thing that you hear all the time and go, no, stop saying that. I so disagree with it. Have you got one that just grates you that you hear constantly?
1: Um, what grates me that I hear constantly? Um, think that if there's something in particular that really grates me i mean there's there's this whole sense of um you know where people get very competitive with each other and and you know this industry's not big enough for both of us and and you know it it so is Mm. um you just need to do your own job and you need to be able to carve your own niche and find your own sense of what you're doing um and you know, mimicking other people and seeing so you know, and when people say, "Oh, just go and do what he's doing," or "You go go and do what they," you know, what they're doing might work for them, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So you need to be able to carve out some sort of individuality. And there's nothing like taking inspiration from something, but when you're starting to to copy, and you know, I see people taking taking. Um, advice from people to say, we'll do this model and, and we'll do that model and some of those things don't necessarily work for you. You've got to be able to find your individualism through mm. all of that.
0: Mm. You can play your own lane or play yeah, your own game.
1: Absolutely. And it's you know, there's nothing wrong with taking inspiration, as I said, or motivation from, from other areas, but you know, I have seen people who or people who've given advice around, well if we do it this way, it's you know, it's just not going to achieve mm. the same results.
0: Mm. Do you have a mantra that you live by? Do you have a particular Thing constantly running through your mind that has held you true over the course of the years?
1: Um, I have, um, when I'm dealing with issues and problems, I have a, a, a thing in my head which is basically if it keeps me awake at night, deal with it. Mm. Um, and that's a really big thing for me because I do, I wake up in the middle of the night and I overthink things and I get concerned about things and I start to worry about things. And, and you know, particularly in the last couple of years, there, there are things that are, are completely out of my control um so yeah the mantra for me is that um if it keeps me awake at night just go and deal with it
0: Mm, i love it least i could talk to you for hours and hours and hours um and we are actually heading off to a gala ball tonight so we'll be all frocked up looking awesome shortly um so my last final question Mm -hmm. is i'm not all about looking backwards by any means but if you could give a little message in hindsight to your 21-year-old self, what would it be?
1: To my 21-year-old self, I am that good. Mm. Um, <laughs> that, you know, being able to be yourself is actually a really cool thing because all the bullshit that sits around that, am I allowed to say that? Yes, you um, are. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Like trying to pretend that you're something that you're not, yes. just, just don't bother with it because, or trying to be, you know, if... You'll have such a better and easier and happier and and content life if you just, you know, who you are is just fine.
0: so be yourself, be yourself and go out and Seriously. conquer that world yes. and be absolutely brilliant alicia beach it's been fabulous to spend the last half hour sitting on the couch having a couple with you um, thank you for letting me pick your brains and really delve inside that uh, awesome head of yours um for anybody else that wants to find out more find alicia um, online your agency is april5.com is that and right. dot com. Yes. and um, thank you again. I will catch up with you later. Thank you, Janine.